Thanks, guys. Um, oh, perfect. Well, guys, I'm excited. I'm excited to, um, to get to be here with you guys. Some of you, you know, I've gotten to see on and off recently, but some of you not quite as much. I've been kind of a little occupied um, from time to time. But tonight, I want us to talk about something that you guys are all familiar with in at least some way. Struggle. I think it's funny because there, there are phrases that kind of go around and right now the struggle's real. I mean, y'all, right? It is, though. I mean, as much as we joke about it and we say it most of the time about funny things, but really, though, sometimes it's like, no, but. <laughs> but it is. Like, the struggle is real, right? And so I kind of, I think it's funny because I think sometimes we can't figure out right away what to do with it. You know, I think... Um, I'm looking at the Bible earlier today and over the past couple weeks and months, and a couple verses stick out to me. One, John 16, which is, in this world you'll have trouble, but take heart. I've overcome the world. There's verses you're so familiar with. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Right? And there's all these verses that address some kind of hardship. Fear, anxiety, worry. There are entire chapters addressing all of these issues. So many verses that you sit there and you think, you know what? God knew how much I would struggle. And thank you, God, for putting it in your word so that I would know what to do when we struggle. Right? And there were words. If you looked outside when you were coming in in the lobby, there were some words that were up hanging. Some of them might have related with you and some of them... You might have looked at and were like, that's weird. Why is that there? I don't know. Hopelessness. Depression. Those are some kind of scary words, kind of big words. And I know that in this room, there are probably a couple different categories of people that we're working with. One of you, this group, might be like, I really don't feel like I've gone through any of that stuff. Like, that all seems really hard and kind of overwhelming, and I feel bad for people who maybe have done that or gone through that or maybe are in that moment right now, but it eh, doesn't really relate to me. And then there's the other half of us, right, who, oh, we've gone through something hard, right? Or maybe you're in the thick of it right now, and you know you are no stranger to heartache, to pain. That might be your every day. You're like, I go home and more pain. Or at school... I don't even want to go anymore because it hurts. You know, so I know I've got two different groups. And so the one of you, the one group's like, okay, I know why I need to listen. The other group of you, though, might be more so thinking, like, why do I need to listen? But here's why. There's a couple reasons. One, most of us in this room at some point will go through something hard if we haven't already. So for those of us that are going to struggle, help us out. <laughs> it's going to help if you love on us a little bit more during this time. So maybe this will help you understand if you don't know yet. And the other part of it is you might face something hard sometime. So why not be ready? When that time comes, let's be ready and prepared. And so I guess some of the struggles that we look at, we've looked at over the past couple weeks. You know, we've been in this series called Chains, and it's, and it's addressed these issues, whether it's a temptation, a struggle, whatever it is. And it's something that we feel trapped in. And some things, some things like the topics we've already talked about, there are things that just kind of creep in. Right, like it's not something that just all of a sudden happens and you are upset, you're devastated, and you know that this is going to change you. But it's something that maybe started as something small. 
Um, maybe it was a temptation that started small that got bigger. Maybe it was you are a serious perfectionist and you consistently let yourself down. And if something isn't completely perfect to the degree that you think it should be, you feel so burdened, you feel so heavy. Maybe that's you. You know, maybe though, the struggle you've gone through is the kind of struggle that's really sudden, that hits you like a ton of bricks, and you know that your life will literally never be the same. We're gonna talk about both briefly, because one thing that's, that's cool to me and if you've gone through struggles, and you kind of know this too, that it's generally we grow in some way from a struggle. We get stronger. Um, or at least we learn something about ourselves, right? Like, so for me, I've learned that I will go, 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 go until I'm just ready to burn out. And maybe I do. So I learned that I need to rest. If I want to be the best me, I have to take time for myself to be alone, to be with God, to rest, to work out, to do certain things like that. And that's what taking care of me looks like. And so, y'all, it's the end of the summer. I was so worn out. And so I knew we just had this freshman lock-in. And it was a blast. But I'm going to be honest with you guys. It's getting way harder to pull all-nighters. Can I just throw that out there? Okay, so it's Bible study, right? That was a Saturday to Sunday. Bible study rolls around. And I'm like, okay, we can push through. Like, I'm pumped with caffeine and I'm ready to go. Um, sorry if I freaked anyone out that morning. Probably had too much caffeine. Sorry. Um, but then we had this meeting afterward on that Sunday, and I was just worn out. And then Monday rolled around, and I had meetings, and, um, and it was great, but I didn't have quite enough sleep yet. So Tuesday rolls around, and I know that I need to take a break. So I take the morning off, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to feel better if I just go get a few things done. So I go run some errands. And then I decide that I'm going to do something that I have a love-hate relationship with. And I decided I was going to go shopping. And I know, guys in the room, you might think, like, you don't have a love-hate relationship with it. All girls love shopping, let's be honest. Okay, false. Let me just clear that up right now. We don't all love shopping. Um, I kind of like it. In theory, I like the idea of buying something new and it fitting and being great. Okay, but most of you in the room would probably say that I'm one of, if not the shortest, full-grown person that you know. And so shopping for me is a struggle, another struggle. I'm just going to say it. Um, but y'all, finding normal adult-sized clothes that fit me can be hard, okay? So I'm like kind of excited. I'm like, I'm going to go. I'm going to shop. And so um, you guys normally like on my day off, like I want to catch up with people. Um, so I knew at some point I would call my parents throughout the day. My dad calls me um, while I'm shopping. And it's my dad. He calls me whenever, so I'm not, not thinking anything of it. And I know he'll leave me a voicemail because I was kind of busy at the moment. I was in a conversation with someone. Um, but my mom's not like that. My mom won't really call me during the day. Like, it's just not, she'll just normally keep that for outside of work hours. So then, so my dad calls me. I'm like, oh, I'll get back to that. Then my mom calls me right away. And I'm like, it's weird. Um, mom never calls me. They called right back to back. I don't want to be paranoid, but I kind of feel like something's wrong. And I, I paused. So I decided the responsible thing for me to do to not freak out would just be wait until my dad leaves a voicemail and see what it says. And um, I pick up the voicemail, and the voicemail started off differently than any other voicemail from my dad because every voicemail from my dad is almost the exact same. But it, it started different. And it said, hey, sweetie, uh, 
John was helping me out uh, on a property. And I just, my heart sinks because I know how different this voicemail is going to be. I can feel it because it feels so different already. Well, my dad goes ahead, goes ahead and, and describes to me super briefly over a voicemail. I call him back and I get the full story. But my brother had been helping my dad um, on a piece of property out in San Antonio where they live. And he was backing a lawnmower down a ramp. And um, the top of it got really light and it just flipped over on him. And so he hits the ground. He falls through the ramp. And on impact, he breaks his shoulder. And then right after that, the weight of the lawnmower came down on him. And where his back would normally be like this, it, it like folded him in half. And so a vertebra in his back shatters. I don't really hear the rest because I'm really kind of confused at the moment, a little bit overwhelmed. But what I hear is, um, sweetie, we're heading to the hospital. I'm going and, and your mom's driving there and, um, and John's being lifelighted there. And I don't know about you guys, but every single time I see a lifelight helicopter, I pray. Because people that end up in those helicopters, like, they're, they're not okay. You don't make it into one of those, like, oh, got a scratch, going to go to the hospital. You're like, they're scared that you might not make it. And that time is of the essence, so we got to go. So I'm trying to see through everything. The blur, the confusion. I get my car. I go, I pack a bag, and I get in the car. And I'm finally just there. I'm sitting you can only drive so fast in San Antonio, so I'm trying not to speed and be safe and cry and pray all at the same time. And my prayers, some of them were selfish. I would say, God, please heal John fully. I don't even know all of what's about to happen, but, but half of me wants to see him before he goes into surgery, and the other half really wants him to go into surgery because if they don't control the swelling in his back, he may never walk again. What I realized is my brother, from about here down, the waist down, was paralyzed. Um, and if things didn't get under control quickly, either he might not walk or there was always the chance that he may not make it through surgery. So I always leave that part out. I tell you that afterward, which is great for me because I was stressed. Okay. But it was in that moment when I said, God, what I want for you is that your glory is what people see through this. I don't know why it's best yet. I don't understand. I don't get why it's this way. But I know that this is what you wanted in some way. And y'all, I think about it. I would never have prayed those prayers if not for struggles that happened before this. Struggles that led up to this one where maybe, like me, you maybe have learned the hard way. That maybe you need to figure out a better way to learn and deal with struggle. Um, there were times in the last several years that have been really hard. Y'all know my family isn't perfect. No family is, but it's kind of trained me up in how I have to protect myself and how I have to learn and deal with struggles. And so when each trial comes along, it looks different, right? But it's, it's what we see in those moments. You know when you've just learned something bad? Your response shows exactly what you feel because... When it comes down to it, when there's that much heartache and that much struggle, there's nothing, you can't pretend anymore. If you get to a point where you can't pretend, then you can see the real thing. And so, in my heart, God had gotten me ready and prepared me in ways that I never would have seen coming for this. And so, we hit a certain point 
you can see what people do and how they react by what they believe to be true. And you can see what people believe by what they do. So if you're a note taker, if you're at all going to get something from this, you want to write something down, one of the first things you have to do when struggle comes your way, you have to know the truth. I know that sounds really simple, but here's what I mean. The truth is what's going to dictate what you do, hopefully. Hopefully you can look at your reality and you can say, you can, you can figure out like what's true and what's not. But the biggest truth you have to look at, you have to know, and if you can plan in advance for your struggle, if you can figure it out now, it's going to help you. But you have to know what you think about God. Because what you think about God is going to determine the way you respond. If you think or if you question God's goodness, is God actually good if he lets something like that happen to someone I love? Is he? Or what other questions might you ask? Anything that will come to your mind, you know in these times, you just let your mind run if you're not careful. And so we have to know what the truth is. Truths that absolutely changed this struggle for me. God always gives us his best. I don't know about you, but sometimes I struggle. I try really hard, but sometimes my best doesn't always come through. And it's not always good enough, even if it is my best. But God's best is the best. So if God, who created everything in the universe, who loves me, and I know he loves me, if, if something's going to happen God's way, then that's really, when it comes down to it, that's what I want. And so we have to know that God wants the best for us. We have to know that he's trustworthy. God makes us promises, and he always keeps them. Guys, these, these are truths that are found in Scripture that I've hidden in my heart over a long time. So when something bad happened, Bible verses and some of these phrases even just came to my memory because there's something that was already hidden inside of me. I remember the night that all this happened. John came out of surgery. He was stable. They'd stabilized the swelling in his back. So it didn't sever his spinal cord, which was really good news for us. But when he came out of surgery, he couldn't move his legs. Um, my, my brother looks like me. He's a little bit taller, a little bit skinnier. Um, he's the best. You look at him and you think completely normal. Now, all he can do is just move his toes on his left foot. And that's it. And you sit there and you think, like, <laughs> life is so different. But that night, we decided we weren't going to waver from this, that God was still good. He still keeps his promises to us. And we weren't going to waver from that. So we're praying that night. And um, this one time on the way to school, John was in fourth grade. I remember this. I'll never forget it, I think. And um, we memorized a Bible verse on the way to school because we went to a small school at that point, And John had to memorize this verse for class. Some of you guys know how good I am at singing. So to those of you, you're welcome. The rest of you, you're about to learn. You're also welcome. Okay, but the song goes like this. It just says, we need to persevere so that when we have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. Hebrews 10, 36. Gotta have the claps. Doesn't work without them. Okay. Just throwing it out there. <laughs> but it's something that's stuck in my heart and my mind forever. We need to persevere so that when we've done the will of God, we will receive what he has promised. That night, we prayed that as a family in the ICU, decided that we're going to stick with that. And you guys... This has been the hardest thing I've ever gone through in my life. But I'll tell you, I've never seen God be so faithful. 
so faithful. And we'd pray as a family that we would have the right eyes for the situation, that we'd look at it for the right way, the way God would want us to see it. And I think that was one of the biggest things, y'all, because I don't know about you, but I struggle because I'm a human. And so I look at things with earthly eyes sometimes, but when I think about it hard enough, what I want to see is what God has in store and what God has planned for this. Because I tend to think if God has his best set out for me, then I want to see what it is that we're going for. You know, sometimes we feel better if we feel like we have knowledge. So we ask all these questions. And sometimes we start off with why. Bad things happen and you just say, why? Why me? Why now? Why my family? Why does it have to be like this? But I think as we grow in our struggle, your, your questions change. And sometimes it, it gets to, well, well, what am I supposed to learn from this? And then it gets to, for me at least, I don't really want to ask questions anymore yet to where I just kind of now say, God, I trust you. I don't understand yet, but I trust you. We're going to go with it. <laughs> um, and you guys, something else that it wasn't long into this before I realized, um, yes, we were choosing each day. We were choosing every day to believe the things that God said were true. But there were huge struggles throughout the whole thing. There were times that were really scary. I remember this one time, if you've ever been in an accident or anything, there are times that you have to go through physical therapy um, to rehab muscles. Some of you have done that with sports injuries. But you also have to go through occupational therapy. And that's the relearning how to do your life stuff. Like, learn how to get dressed again. Learn how to tie your shoes. If you ever can walk again, learn how to do that. Um, things that you think are not huge, but when it comes down to it, that's how you live your life every day. And so I got so overwhelmed this one day because I'm in the room with them, and he's asking, this doctor comes in and asks him, well, what do you, you want to make as a goal for you? What do you want to do when you get back to normal life, considering we might get there? And he said, well, I like to run. Um, I really like to cook. I wasn't great yet, but that's okay. Um, I wanted to take dance lessons. I was really bad at it, but I kind of wanted to be good at it. And I just sat there and I got so overwhelmed because, um, guys, you may not know this, for the girls in the room, some of them are already thinking about their wedding day. Some of them are like, that's not even on my radar, that's fine. But there are very few things that for me personally I've ever really thought about on my wedding day. Um, some things I have, some things I haven't. But one thing that just overwhelmed me so much, and I kind of had to step outside when I realized this, but I sat there and thought, like, what if I never get to dance with my brother at my wedding? And there were selfish things that um, I wanted for him. I thought, will a girl ever, like, love him? Will, they, will he be attractive to someone? Because now he's in a wheelchair if he can get out of bed at all. Um, God, what will life look like? But there are certain things that I had to do to not let my mind run. I think sometimes when we are in the middle of a struggle, our mind can get out of control. And we can't. I knew I had no control over those things. Nothing. There was nothing I could do to control the outcomes that were coming. But I had to trust that, um, that no matter how different life looked, it was going to be okay. 
And there were times that were super hard. I just want you to know that. It's not been perfect. I'm not claiming that. But what I do know is that God hasn't left me yet, and he won't. There were times of fear, and there were times of hardship. But what got me through some of those things, besides being in the word. Guys, there were times when being in the word took almost more mental energy than I thought that I had. But what I did have, I'd have people that would text me and call me and talk me through some of these super hard times that know God's word forward and backward that maybe pushed me out of some of the biggest pits that I was falling into. People who would encourage me, and I think there's no way that I would have been able to sustain myself through this whole thing if not for an army of people around me that prayed and that would encourage and would ask. Some of you guys have had no idea who I am <laughs> until right now and might even still be confused. Um, my name's Amanda. Hi. Um, but y'all, some of you, if you were here several weeks ago, you prayed and you sent me text messages and you prayed for my brother to hold on to the anchor, to have hope. And y'all, um, you have no idea how perfectly timed that was even, the encouragement that I needed then. But I think it just brings us to this huge idea that's, that's hope. If we lose sight of what's possible for God, it's really hard for us to have hope in anything. If we don't believe that God can do anything, that he has the power to do anything, then you guys, we're in a really rough spot. But if you believe that God's word is true, then you believe that God has that power. Whatever your struggle is, whatever bondage or whatever you need, to, you need help out of, God can answer that. God can do whatever he needs, whatever he wants. But the thing is, you guys, I think sometimes we get frustrated and we get down because God maybe answers prayers differently than we think he might. God maybe says no when we wanted a yes. Or, you know, we were hoping for like a yes or a wait, and it's still a no. You know what then? Is God still good? Does he still love you the same way? Um, and y'all, I sat in a Bible study recently, and, and the man who was leading it said something so profound to me. You guys have heard about a story where there's a man who's been paralyzed. He's laying on a mat, and his... His friends hear that Jesus is in the area, he's teaching, he's healing, and they know that he can be healed by Jesus. So they take him, they get on the roof, they lower him down into the room so that Jesus can heal him. Which when I reread the story, it just jumped off the pages at me because I've watched my brother lay in a bed for weeks, not being able to move. And the idea, because I already knew the story, I already know the outcome, the idea of Jesus saying to anyone, get up and walk after I've watched him. And my brother's a hard worker. He tried as hard as he could. He would just like try to make his brain connect with his toes to move and nothing, nothing. And so as I'm reading the story, it may not be that familiar to you. So the first thing that Jesus says to this man when he sees him is, your sins are forgiven. And people look around the room and they're like, what? No, no, he wanted to walk. You're confused, sorry. Or they're like, who is he to think that he can forgive a man's sins? And Jesus says, which one's easier to say? Pick up your mat and walk or your sins are forgiven. 
And it has never hit me so hard because this image of my little brother who can't move at all, except for his toes, to get up and walk right now, it almost offended me at first because I said, I can't believe it. But if I heard that, if, G if God said that to my brother, would I have that same response? No, I'd be so excited because he could get up and walk. And his sins would be forgiven. And how cool is that to think that if you look at that situation, you could look at his physical need and you could see exactly what needed to be done. You could see that he needed physical healing. But God saw that situation. And what he saw was this deep spiritual need. It was huge. The man didn't even know that he had it. And God's answer to his prayers and his friends' actions first dealt with his spiritual need. He had this deeper need for salvation, for eternity with God. And instead, then, then he ends up being physically healed. And I can't help but think, you guys, what if we changed our mind about some of our struggles? And what if they were more for our closeness with God? being able to feel his presence, being able to see him in ways that we've never seen him before. Maybe that's what we need, even more than we needed physical healing. I asked my brother a couple weeks um, into this whole process what he's learned, what he would change, what he would do differently, and he said, I wouldn't have it any other way because he's learned so much, because he's grown so much and he's been able to see God's hand more than ever before. This is a guy who is an active guy, so smart. Such a smart guy. And so I asked him the other day what he's learned from this whole thing and he texted me back and I saved it and I want to read it to you guys. He said, okay, I finally have an answer for you. And that would be to never give up hope. Even though things may seem dark, like facing potentially permanent paralysis. We serve a great God who loves us and always watches over us and who has immeasurable power. And that no matter the outcome, he'll use it for good. So because God is with us, we can make it through all situations, even if the outcome isn't truly what we desire. And truly knowing that can give the peace that passes all understanding. I think sometimes we get really down on ourselves and we think, I want to be comfortable, I want to be happy, I want all these things. But what if we looked at it as more of a time to get close with God and to find some peace that only God offers? He's the only one that can offer us that peace. And um, there's a verse that my family's been clinging to through this whole deal. And I'll read it to you. It says, a lot of you might know this one, but it says, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more, than all we ask or imagine. According to his power that's at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all nations forever and ever. Amen. And I look at this and I think God has done immeasurably more because he's changed the hearts of so many people back towards him. That would be immeasurably more. But really, some of you know where my brother is today. Some of you know how he's doing. You've been following along on Instagram or Facebook or whatever. I decided that Facebook is great, again, because you can put so much information on it. Um, and some of you have read that, and you've followed, and you've prayed. Um, some of you have no idea, 
but what I love is one of the lyrics to the songs that was played earlier today said, I want to be close to you. There's nothing in this world that compares to all you are. And if, if you're like me, you've looked to fulfillment in other places. I thought something that would help me through this was just sleeping, getting more rest and not thinking about it. But I realized that there's literally nothing, nothing that could have helped me through this the same way um, at all that the Lord has. And so in a weird way, I'm really grateful. I'm really grateful for my struggles. And it sounds kind of weird maybe to you, but some of you, if you've been through something, whether it's similar or not, if you've gone through something hard, then you know, and in some way you're grateful too because you've seen God more clearly. There's something in you that's grown, that's changed, that's a better person, a more full person, because you've gone through something hard. Don't give up. Do not give up. I don't know what you're going through. I'd love to talk to you about any of it, but don't give up. You don't have time for that. What you do have time to do is to cling to God, to cling to hope. And I know there are some of us in the room that you have that hope and you know where we get that hope from, but there are some of you that you want that hope, you want that joy, you want that peace that can get you through a hard time, but you don't know where to find it. But I'll tell you where, it's through Jesus Christ only. God loved us enough to send his son to die for us and we can have a relationship with him. And that's what it is that fulfills me is that Jesus has provided. And so I wanna give you guys an opportunity tonight to look at that. And y'all, I'll tell you, not every situation ends up the same way. But what I can tell you is God will not leave you through it. He will be with you the entire time. And you guys, um, if you're still curious, Doctors have never seen something like this before. The ones that my brother's been working with have been amazed. And they can't explain it. Because what they told us may never happen again. Walking may not ever happen again. And um, they said if it did, it would be several months from now. Probably six months post-accident. We're eight weeks out. Eight weeks in one day. He can walk. He can drive. And more than that, he has grown so much closer and can see God like he's never seen before. Y'all, God has done something amazing here. And what I hope that you hear tonight, more than anything else, I love that, that God healed my brother and is healing him currently. We've got a long way to go. But he's healed him. He's done something amazing. But God's love and his care for us has shown more than anything. He cares for you the same way. That's what I want you to hear is how much God cares for you. So maybe tonight, for the first time, you'd say, I want what you're talking about. I don't know how to get it. Um, so if that's you, I wanna lead you in a prayer right now. Um, and what this is gonna do is pretty much, you're gonna confess and you're gonna say, I'm not gonna live my life the same way anymore, but I'm gonna live my life for Jesus because this is, something amazing that he's done for me. He saved my life. So I want every one of us to bow our heads.